So our fearless leaders, uh, Pastor Tom and Christy, are in Minneapolis visiting family. And uh, so I have the privilege and uh, the humbling honor to share with you today. Uh, so grace upon grace upon grace. Uh, man, our God is so amazing. Does anybody else love that he never changes? Does anybody else just love that he is faithful no matter the circumstance or the situation? Man, no matter what the news says, no matter what the family situations are, God remains. Hallelujah. So good. I, for that, am incredibly grateful. <laughs> so over the last several months, we have been going through this book as a church, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Orberg. And uh, this month, December, we are camping out in Chapter 5. And the title of Chapter 5 is An Un- hurried life where we practice the art of slowing, slowing, an unhurried life. I've found it's kind of uncomfortable to slow down. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, why are we so slow? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but honestly, only one month to focus on the discipline of slowing. I feel like I could camp out here for years and years and years on just this chapter alone. Last week, if you were with us, uh, Pastor Tom did a great overview of the chapter. And he also gave us three practical points of, for a cure of our busy sickness, also called our hurry sickness. The first practical point that he gave was to practice slowing down. He mentioned things that were written in the book like, and just our regular day to day, slowing down when we eat, slowing down when we drive, staying in the slow lane. What about going without a watch or a cell phone for an entire day? Did anybody do that? My confession, I most definitely did not. <laughs> But I am going to make an effort to do it one day this month. God help me. <laughs> what about choosing to put ourselves in a position deliberately to have to slow down, to practice slowing down? The second practical point that he gave us last week was to practice solitude. Pastor Tom encouraged us to step out of the daily routine, the usual, to find a quiet time, and alone time. He also encouraged us to put a day on the calendar sometime in the next six months for just solitude, whether it's three hours or an entire day. I yesterday looked at the calendars, since I knew I was saying this today, to put it on, and uh, by the end of this week, I will have a day on the calendar sometime in the next six months to practice solitude. It's so out of the ordinary. Number three, uh, the practical step that he provided was to practice Sabbath. 
He touched on that a little bit last week and plans uh, next week to dive a little bit deeper into Sabbath. So look forward to that. I'm super excited about that. If you missed the message or if you've not yet read chapter five in our book, we still have copies available in the lobby. And I strongly, strongly would encourage you to check out both. Uh, So good. In our quest to slow down, as I've just been, it's been on the front of my mind, it's unreal how normal busy is. It's normal to be busy. It's normal to have, in our society, in our culture today, it's typical to have a plate that is full. Not a lot of free time. Of course, different stages of life, things change, but for the most part, if we see somebody that isn't busy, we're like, oh man, is everything, is everything okay? Like, is something not right? It just seems out of the ordinary. But as we have read in the book and as we just glean from scripture, we were not designed to be busy. We were not designed to be in a rush. God gave us rest. He gave us rest, which doesn't mean lounging on the couch and just kicking back and doing nothing. But to do all that we do from a place of God's rest as we abide in him. To put this a little bit into perspective (laughs) for myself, yesterday afternoon, I was running out the door for work close to the last minute, as usual. And uh, I reminded my grandma that this morning I had the opportunity to share a message, and she was like, well, what are you sharing on? And I was like, oh, you know, just finding rest and and peace and solitude. And uh, so she laughed. And then she threw up her hands and she said, well, practice what you preach. (laughs) That's my truth. (laughs) That's my truth. So today, I'm not coming from a place of, oh, man, I got this rest thing down. Come join me. I'm coming from a place of, like, God, would you just pour out your mercy and your grace on each and every one of us today so we can grow in the discipline of slowing, uh, because I need that, and you may need that also. So God, (laughs) help us, please. So today, I've entitled our message, He Has to Be Enough. He has to be enough. God has to be enough. The sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us, it has to be enough. When we don't finish our to-do list, God still has to be enough. To trust God with every single unknown in our life, he has to be enough. So today we're going to start by looking at a familiar story, a story that's familiar to most of us, recorded in Mark chapter 4. And I have the verses on the screen for us. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Let's pause here. 
let's just put ourselves there for a moment. We've heard it before. We're like, yeah, big storm, Jesus, uh, big waves. But let's put it there. Two, over 2,000 years ago, we're not talking a big giant ship with good supports and a lifeboat on the side. We're talking about very likely a wooden boat, maybe somewhat small, not a lot of extra supports, uh, no Coast Guard, no cell phone, no walkie-talkie, no pager even to page somebody back on shore, no SOS flare, danger, big waves crashing into the boat and starting to fill the boat with water. Putting myself like there, I'm like, oh, this is not, this is not looking good. This is, this is really, really, really bad. There is not really a good ending to this. Kind of scary. Kind of scary. So let's keep reading, starting in verse 38. Jesus, he was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? As I read through this, I find it to be super relatable. The boat of life, the storms, the winds, the busy, how often when our anxieties are high and our, our list of things to do is full and our trials and our tribulations, it's just we're at our breaking point. How often do we shout out, God, don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you care? Don't you see what we're going through? Can't you see that there's too much right now? Help me. Help do something. You're on a cushion. What are you doing? That's my response sometimes. Just like the disciples in that boat. We can read verses that say God is with us and God is for us. Like Psalm 139. It reminds us that we can never depart from God's presence. What about Psalm 23 that advises us, God, he stays close, he stays close beside us, even in the darkest valley. We can read those things and those scriptures and that truth, but where is our heart in those moments? Where is our faith? What do we actually believe? When the busy comes, the hustle and the bustle of regular life, especially in the holiday season, all of the expectations and all of the trials, do we take a moment to slow down, to just adore our king and know that he is enough? Or is our response a little bit more like the disciples in that boat on that gusty day? So what do we do? There's so many answers to that question, what do we do? But one of the answers is 
to look at Jesus' direction in the prayer that we recognize today called the Our Father prayer. In Matthew 6, verse 11, uh, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. This is so familiar. Jesus prayed this uh, in addition to um, some other simple requests. In the Passion Translation, verse 11 says, We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today what we need. So there on the boat, in the crashing waves with the disciples, what could have been different if they fully knew and understood that Jesus had the full authority to silence every wind and every wave? No matter what it looked like, no matter that we could see the waves crashing or the boat filling with water, what could have been different? Could they have rested knowing what was true, knowing that they were provided for, for their daily bread, their daily needs? To know that they were guaranteed they had what they needed in that exact moment. Maybe not what they thought they wanted, but what they needed. Man, if only they could have spoken out verse Rome, uh, a verse that we have today in Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's, that should be in the arsenal. No wave can be against us. No water filling our boat can be against us. No trial, no tribulation, no financial struggle, no person cutting us off in traffic, no busy uh, just to-do list in the holiday season, no thing can be against us, Not no human, no principality, no power of darkness, for the power of God is for us and none can be against us, period. There's no, well, if, there's no comma except in this moment, there is none that can be against us. By the blood of Jesus Christ and the authority that has been given to him, none and no thing can be against us. None. None. I find myself oftentimes having this forgetter. <laughs> I can speak that out. I can read it. I can encourage others. But in a moment of stress, it's like this forgetter takes over and I just forget that God is for me and that none can be against me. And after five thoughts or five hours or five days or sometimes five weeks, I'm like, oh, yeah, there is none that can be against me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am free. So what can we do about that forgetter? Uh, just in talking to friends, sounds like it's not just a Christina forgetter. I feel like a lot of us might have this forgetter. So I would encourage you, have this verse, Romans 8.31, in your arsenal. If God is for us, then none can be against us. Just speaking the word of God in a moment can bring truth, can change perspective, can change everything, because there is so much power in the word of the living God. So last summer, uh, we went through a book by Sky Jatani, and it was called What If 
What If Jesus Was Serious? And it was a great book. If you didn't have the opportunity to go through it, it's very short. And uh, it has a whole bunch of chapters, but really it went through verse by verse the Sermon on the Mount. What if Jesus was serious when he told us to be peacemakers? What if Jesus was serious in all of the things that he suggested? Are we living those out today? And if we're not, and Jesus was serious, God help us. <laughs> so great book. I definitely recommend it. We're going to read through a quote uh, that kind of uh, goes along with uh, the daily bread. So I do have the words up on the screen as well. Jesus calls us to trust our Heavenly Father for today, and we are invited to trust him anew tomorrow. By doing this, we reject the world's frenzied, fearful drive to accumulate and hoard. Fear drives us to seek control, but love compels us to trust. Has it ever occurred to you that Jesus was never hurried? There's no records in the Gospels of Jesus rushing or worrying. He trusted that his father would provide for him. And he expected that kind of faith from his followers. When we live out the Lord's Prayer, we learn to release our fear of not having enough and our striving for control. We begin to slow down and trust our Father and discover that true life, it's not found in what we eat or drink or wear or drive. What an incredible challenge for us in one of the wealthiest, most fed cultures that has ever existed, will we hear Jesus ask, will you be content with enough bread for today? Will you slow down? Will you release the worries of the world and find true life in communion with God? I found it so interesting, just as I was preparing the message uh, that book caught my eye, and I was like, Holy Spirit, was that you? So I quick went through the pages, and I found the verse uh, about where the Our Father, um, the verses where the Our Father prayer was written, and I read through it, and it was just so interesting that what we're talking about right now in this book, as we're focusing on developing this discipline of slowing down, some of the things that Sky had written in this book that we went through last year are exactly what we're talking about. It's a complete overlap. It's the same information again. <laughs> and in that, I'm like, man, God, you are so gracious. <laughs> you are so good. You really want us to get this. You really know the benefit of living a slowed down life, developing this discipline of slow and learning to rest fully in the Father. God, you know so much greater than we could ever even anticipate. You know, so you continue to bring it. And I just had a moment of extreme gratitude because I missed the mark last summer and probably the last time I heard about it and the time before that and the time before that. But God in his goodness, he never stops reaching out to us. 
He never stops pursuing us. He's never willing to leave us right where we are. And he has so much for us beyond anything we could ever imagine or come up with. He has good things for us. So I was, I was excited to see that. Uh, he just keeps bringing up this disciplining of slowing. And uh, there was a version Bible app reading plan that Pastor Tom referenced last week by a guy named John Mark Comer. And if you've not had a chance to check it out, if you have the Version Bible app on your phone or your computer, um, if you don't have that and you're interested in reading through uh, just the recommendations that John Mark provides on eliminating hurry in our life, I personally will print those out for you if you don't have access on your phone or computer. Please let me know. It, the, it's so good, and just the scripture references for me uh, hasn't changed my life yet, but God is starting. It's given me an excitement of what it could look like to actually ruthlessly eliminate this hurry in my life. So um, I definitely recommend that, and I wanted to share just a short clip from one of the day's devotions because it's so good. Uh, it's up there. Um, it's going to be up on the screen for us. Jesus' open invite is to a life of rest, not just for our bodies, because we can get that from a doctor or a pill, but at a far deeper level for our souls. And yet his imagery of an easy yoke is a bit odd. We are far removed from an agrarian economy so we forget that a yoke is a tool for work. It was used to harness oxen together to plow a field. That sounds like the last thing a burned out worker needs. The tired among us don't want a yoke. We want a vacation. <laughs> but Jesus is wise beyond comprehension. He gets better than we often do that life is an unending series of burdens. There's no way around the weight of responsibility that is life this side of resurrection. What we need is not an escape from the weight, but a way to carry it with ease and joy. And that's what Jesus offers, a way to carry the weight of life with a straight back and a smile on your face. So the goal is not always stopping all that we are doing, but instead to be more intentional about carrying what we do have with God's help. The easier answer would be to just Clear off your plate, stop everything, add things back one at a time as God leads and directs. But is it possible that God is all-powerful and in our weakness he is made fully strong and that he has the wisdom if we surrender ourselves and call out for wisdom, he tells us he has wisdom for us in abundance. He wants to abundantly give us wisdom 
to carry the loads that we have, to light the path before our feet. Uh, he, he has that for us. But when do we slow down enough to hear from him? When do we slow down enough to find out the way to carry what we already have better with his strength and not our own? Practicing the discipline of slowing down is definitely a practice. Again, it's not the norm. We wake up, our alarm every morning, it sounds, maybe we have time for devotions today, maybe we don't. But the kids got to get to school, we got to get to work, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to go to the grocery store. I haven't been to the grocery for, store for three weeks because I don't have time. But my family is hungry, so I'm going to have to go. Oh, there's another meeting. Oh, there's a Christmas party. Oh, I have to get Christmas presents, and I have to wrap all of them. Everybody's getting gift bags. Actually, everybody's getting gift cards. Actually, I'm just going to say Merry Christmas and then tell people that they should get something next year. Actually, I don't even have time to tell them that, so I'm going to just tell them happy birthday next year, and just on and on and on and on and on. So this month, with all of the extra things, is a great opportunity for us to slow, to stop, to look at the weight that we're carrying, to look at the family members that are going through tough things that we get the opportunity to serve, to look at the expectations of work, to look at the house that needs to be rearranged or cleaned, an opportunity to slow and ask God, what does it look like when I carry your yoke in these things? How can I carry these from a slow place, not by stopping, but by abiding in you? It's a discipline. We're going to have to force ourselves to take a step back. It's very easy to wake up, get through the day, go to sleep. Wake up, get through the day, go to sleep. As, I've, as this has been on the forefront of my mind, I've really noticed uh, my grandma lives uh, with me. We live together. And when I'm rushed or in a hurry, I'm not super kind. If I have to be somewhere in 15 minutes and my grandma asks me to find out what is inside of a box, I really lose it, honestly. <laughs> because I don't have time for that. That's my truth. But if looking inside of a box takes one minute, and my grandma in that moment has the opportunity to experience the perfect love of the Father, I can slow down. I can slow down. So even in our daily interactions, whether at home, with our family, at work, Where is the love of God not being exercised because we're in a rush? And if God has asked us to be his representative, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, how is he going to help us this month to grow in that discipline of slowing down and exercise his perfect love in a brand new way? Personally, I'm super excited to start hearing the testimonies of lives changed and God just moving in incredible ways, changing our lives, not for the month of December because we're practicing the discipline of slow, 
but for lives to be changed for December and January and February and all the way into eternity as God advances his kingdom here for us. Scripture, the word of God, so good. A clap for scripture because we love scripture. We love scripture. The word of God. It's alive. It's true. It's everything. It's life. The word of God, scripture. Ephesians 6, it describes the word of God as the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. Okay, let's just do a picture here. So we have busy life, crazy There's just a lot going on. We have work expectations and all of these things. And our picture is all the way full. And our mind is grasped. It's just gripped with anxiety and crazy. But then we get the sword of the spirit. And you can just imagine it like a big giant sword that's way too heavy for you to even carry. But you carry it by the power of the living God. And you swing it and you wield it, I think is the word, but I might have just made that up, and you wield it, and it just cuts through the things that are not true. The word of God brings truth into every situation. It brings peace into chaos. It brings wisdom into things that are not wise. It brings direction when we need direction. The word of God is everything. The sword of the spirit. It is so powerful. Of course, there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the word. So, Bible, sword of the spirit. We love the Bible. I love the Bible. You love the Bible. We all love the Bible. And learning to wield the sword of the spirit in our day-to-day lives is sometimes challenging. It's something that we have to daily put work into. The discipline of reading the word and asking Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how can I apply your word into my life, into my day-to-day interactions? If we read through the Bible five years ago, that's so awesome. I, I just I admire anybody that's read the Bible from front to back, but that isn't enough for today. Today, Sunday, December 5th, 2021, we need to have our sword. We need to be able to wield it. When those thoughts come, I don't have time, I'm busy, there's too much, my plate is full, I can't look in that box for my grandma. Sword of the Spirit. Jesus is my Prince of Peace. Peace. Perspective change. Declaring that Jesus is my prince of peace, does that change the circumstance? Does that change the requirements or the things that are needed? Not really, but it changes my dependence. It reminds me that my strength is not my own. It reminds me that I cannot do anything on my own, but the power of the living God is within me, and Jesus is my prince of peace, wield I hope I run into some of you guys at Walmart this week and you're just like, I might do that. If I see any of you, I might just, okay, stop. 
so good, but those reminders. And how are we keeping each other accountable? How are we walking alongside one another? Who are we texting on a daily or weekly basis? What did you read in the Bible today? How did you wield your sword today? How is, what scripture did God just lighten up to you that he has given you as a, just a, something to be in your arsenal for this week that you've used again and again and again? How are we encouraging one another? Let us not forget that this is a war and that the power of darkness is against us. But of course, Jesus has the authority and we are more than victorious. We are more than conquerors. He has won. But in the winning, how many days are we losing? Because we forget that he won. That old forgetter again. So let us encourage one another. Iron sharpens iron. Let's walk alongside one another. I would encourage you at least once this week, text somebody, ask them what they read, and allow them to encourage you, and maybe you'll get to encourage them as well. Let's walk together through this. So good. That wasn't in the notes. That was from Holy Spirit, so we should totally do it. Um, so this <laughs> the word of God, uh, it just changes our perspective. It can change everything. So what we're going to do is we are going to read Psalm 46. We're going to read it in its entirety, and I have it on the screen. The, the version that we're going to be reading is from the Passion Translation. So it might be a little bit unfamiliar if you've memorized Psalm 46, but I read this last week, and I read it when I was at work, and I almost fell out of my work chair. So it's, it was just so good. So let's read through Psalm 46. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble, more than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. Paused in his presence. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God Most High into his holy dwelling places. God is in the midst of his city, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. When the nations are in uproar with their tottering kingdoms, God simply raises his voice and the earth begins to disintegrate before him. Here he comes, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Pause in his presence. Everyone look. Come and see the breathtaking wonders of our God. For he brings both ruin and revival. 
He's the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. Surrender your anxieties. Be still and realize that I am God. I am God above all the nations, and I am exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands, the commander. The mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. And then we can breathe. As we pause in his presence because God is with us. And we are still in his presence. He brings revival. He's the one who makes conflicts end. I love breaking and burning every weapon of war. War in the natural, war in our minds. God breaks and burns every weapon of war, wielding the sword. Let's read through verses 10 and 11 again. Surrender your anxieties. Be still and realize that I am God. I am God above all the nations, and I am exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies, is on our side. The God of Jacob he fights for us. So today, my question is, is God enough? Is God enough? Have we placed more value on our lives and our commitments and our to-do lists than on the creator of the universe? Or is God just enough? So we're we're going to take we're going to take a few minutes. Um, I've I've put some words on the screen. It's the personal reflection from the study guide in the back of our book that we're reading through. Uh, of course, the life you've always wanted. And we're going to take a good five minutes, and we're just going to reflect. We're going to process with the Lord. Is God enough? Our personal reflection is, if I have identified a high level of busyness in my life, what is it that is driving me to push so hard all the time? What am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to impress? Does God really ask me to do all that I'm doing? So we're going to take five minutes. We're going to reflect with the Lord. God, I pray in this time of reflection that you would open our ears to hear from you. 
silence our own thoughts and our own desires. I pray against shame and condemnation, and I ask that you would abundantly pour out your spirit and your grace and your wisdom as we reflect on our own lives and all that you have for us, God.
some of us might need to continue to reflect on this over the next few weeks. Some of us might need to take a time each day to pause and continue to reflect. We have on Slack a just a conversation board. If you want to share any victories that you're personally having, wisdom that God has given you, direction. Uh, if you're not, if you're not, if you don't have Slack, please share. Share with a, a family member, somebody else from from ter- church. Share the testimonies of God's goodness and what He's developing in your life as you are developing this discipline of slowing down, just in those few moments of reflection. I, I just had like a little movie in my brain and I was there and I was walking and I was, I was kinda, I was bent over and I had these giant boxes on my back and I could barely take one step, I was so weighed down. And then I looked to the right, and there was Jesus. And he's like, and I was like, and then he just did this. And every one of the boxes slowly left my back and went on his back. And we kept walking. And then I looked back over at Jesus and he's like And then I was and then I was like And we kept going forward. Nothing else changed except he was carrying the weight. He was carrying the weight. Let's pray. Father God, We love you. (laughs) We love you so much, and we're so thankful to know that we don't have all the answers, that we can't figure it all out, that we can barely even slow down. But God, because of your guidance and your grace and your mercy and Holy Spirit, because of your help, we trust that you will begin to develop the discipline of slowing in our lives. We trust, God, that you will help us to allow you to carry the weight that we are carrying. For your word tells us to be anxious for nothing and to not worry. Develop this truth within our hearts, God. Give us dreams and visions and uh, just words of wisdom on how to apply this into our lives. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would reveal the roots that, just the lies that have taken root that need to be uprooted. Reasons why we're busy, reasons why we have to impress, things that we're doing for man instead of for you, God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to uproot those things out of our lives and cast them away into the fire and let them be burned up to not return in Jesus' name. We also pray that anything that is not beneficial or grounded in your truth alone, Jesus, that you would sever those ties in our mind, that you would just uh, bring 
truth. Our minds are totally redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And we welcome you to bring healing. We surrender to you. We let go of the reins, God. And we agree that, that we can't do it without your help. So thank you, God, that in our weakness, you are made strong. Thank you more than anything for consistently going before us that in just a moment we have to wield our sword and be totally fixed upon your gaze you who give us all things that we need in every single moment we declare today god that you are enough we love you we love you so much in jesus name we pray amen Amen, amen, amen. And now we can all go and be slow and be slow. So good. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you uh, for those of you that have joined us online. Uh, again, one-time guests, if 